Welcome to Sports Talk KC, Episode 2. This is D-Beats 1492. This is Lee 86. This is your boy, Calvi. Welcome to another podcast. Uh, thanks for joining in to us last time, people that listen. Uh, we're here with Episode 2. We're going to start off with all the uh, Sunday events from the 100th season kickoff of the NFL. First of all, we kind of want to touch bases on OBJ, uh, the Cleveland uh, Browns drama with the watch and uh, the pounding that they took from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, D beats. Let me get your point of view on that. So tell me what's going on with the watch thing, because this is, this is my first time kind of hearing about that. Uh, if you want to just, just throw it back to you right quick, just to explain that to me a little bit. So did he like have the watch on during the game or something or? Yeah, we actually had on a, uh, I believe the watch was like a $250,000 watch. That um, he- so what I'm assuming it probably was some kind of uh, uh, sponsorship that he was trying to do, you know what I'm saying? He's definitely not caring about his team, the fans, or the city of Cleveland. He was pretty much just looking out for himself. So during the whole game, he had on a watch uh, while playing as the team took a pounding to the Tennessee Titans with uh, Mr. Uh, with their quarterback giving up uh, three – Three INTs mm-hmm. and also a thirty-point loss in their home opener against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just, so he just wore the watch during the game. That's so fucking stupid. Like, why would you? I mean, I know this. I know like some guys wear a change. You know, when you go back to that uh, Michael Crabtree, you got his uh, chain snatched by uh, Keith to leave. But I don't know. I've never seen them. Nobody wear a watch during a game. And then well, me neither. Yeah. It's just, you know, kind of kind of touch bases on what y'all saying, you know. It's just, um him wearing, you know, the watch during the game. It's just like, really, dude? Like, come on. Like, um, I just feel like, you know, my point of view of it is that Odell Beckham and the whole Cleveland Browns organization. You know, ever since people have started, you know, uh, proclaiming them to be champions and a whole different team, you know, they're kind of pressurized, you know, as a whole. And, um, you know, they kind of been handed, you know, wins and success without having to go out on the field and actually prove it. Um, Old OBJ wearing the watch, like I said, man. Uh, me personally, I thought it was cool seeing guys back in the day like uh, uh, Deion Sanders, uh, Michael Irvin, um, guys, you know, like Dez Bryant, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Those are the kind of guys that I can just pinpoint that, you know, kind of wears a chain during the game. You know, you know, that's what we kind of used to seeing. But when you start talking about a watch and stuff, dude, like, like, come on, like, quit all that prima donna shit. We know you got one of the highest salaries on the squad and stuff like that. Go out, perform, quit the little distraction stuff, man. Go out, perform. You know what y'all up against as a unit, as a city. Don't cause little distractions like that, man. Just go out and perform, man. You know, just come on. Like, that's just, that's my take on it, man. Okay, um, well, yeah, uh, like I said, it was a pretty bonehead uh, move on him. But uh, moving along, let's get to Sunday night's game, uh, which we had the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the uh, uh, versus the New England uh, Patriots, where the Pittsburgh Steelers took a beating uh, with the loss of uh, the Pat- uh, the Patriots winning thirty three to three. I watched bits and pieces of the game because obviously I'm not really a big uh, fan of neither one of the teams. But do you guys have any thoughts on that? What's your thoughts on the game of that last night, Lee? Uh, Quite honest, it was kind of, you know, uh, shocking to see New England just manhandle the course of the game basically from start to finish. Um, There's been high aspirations, I guess you can say, for the Pittsburgh Steelers to, you know, kind of be a team, you know, uh, 
not up, not up there with uh with the Chiefs and the Patriots, but they're kind of you know looked at that as that third team in the whole AFC uh, conference, you know, to to uh, kind of do something this year. So uh, it was kind of shocking, uh, but you know that's your typical uh, uh, what we seen last night in this game was your typical. Uh, um, New England Patriots and Bill Belichick way. Um, they just outsmarted Mike Tomlin and the Steelers and company from start to finish. Um, like I said, it was quite honestly really shocking just to <laughs> just to watch, you know, watch the onslaught. But, you know, uh, certain little things repeated time after time Tom Brady was able to suck up you know their linebackers their young linebacker their young draft pick was supposed to have high aspirations uh Devin Bush he was repeatedly sucked in by the play action fake you know by Tom Brady and everything you know they were just flustered all night long with the New England Patriots um you know uh but like I said man um the Steelers, they, they are a good team. You know, um, it's the first week and stuff like that. Um, I'm pretty sure Mike Tomlin to get those guys straight, you know, um, you know, knock some of the dust off some more. You know, it was the Patriots. They were at home. Um, so <laughs> Pittsburgh just really got out coached, not just on the field, but, you know, got out coached you know, with the coaches and everything. So that was my take on that, on, on that, you know, game last night, you know, the beat just kind of goes on, you know, as we continue to see the Patriots and Bill Belichick time after time, uh, come up with different schemes to be successful. That's my take on the game. I really didn't, you know, focus too, too much in there because it really wasn't a game, but what I could see was just, you know, the Patriots being the Patriots. Well, so, you know, to kind of touch bases on that, uh, go ahead, D-Beats, and uh, kind of pick up where I left off. All right, just to kind of piggyback off of you, uh, Lee, um, I think this kind of shows that, I mean, I know I know it's only week one, but I, the Steelers might miss Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell because mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster mm-hmm. – uh, the Patriots took him away pretty much, and then Dante Moncrief mm-hmm. was targeted 10 times, but only had three catches for like 20 to 30 some yards. And then James Conner um, didn't do much in the running game. And then they, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, the Patriots, I mean, their defense looked, I mean, they were doing all types of stuff. I mean, as far mm-hmm. as the blitz packages, sending making people uh, come from different directions and then dropping in coverage and also like that, confusing uh, Big Ben. And, uh, I mean, Tom Brady and uh, the offense, I mean, they that's a, a well-oiled machine. I mean, they did whatever they wanted to do. I mean, they'll cut you, you know, a thousand mm-hmm. cuts, you know, up and down the field. You know, they'll take it either way. So, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I – I mean, I'm not overreacting to Pittsburgh. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be in it for that division with uh, with Baltimore towards the end. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just Patriots doing what the Patriots do. And then also, I mean, well, to uh, go back with that, I mean, yeah, it was a – Pretty uh, pretty much of a blowout watching that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also to touch bases on that, they also picked up uh, AB. You know, we have to talk about him because he's a big topic in the NFL world. Uh, he was cut by the um, Oakland Raiders and picked up by Bill Belichick's Patriots. Um, I feel that that definitely was a good pickup if the dude can keep his mind clear and and worry about football. I really feel bad the way he did John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders franchise. He really totally just went in there and just manipulated and prima donna his way out of that situation. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. with him, he didn't really want to be there going back to the uh, HBO special with the Hard Knocks Raiders training camp. I could really tell from his body language and everything that he really did not want to be there. 
and you know going with the signing with the Patriots, they're not gonna allow that. So uh pretty much the dude's gonna have to shut up and play football. Um yeah. Yeah. I don't really wanna waste too much time on the saga of A B. Yeah, just to so, uh, just to kind of um my bad cow didn't mean to yeah, but just wanted to kind of, you know, yeah, with the Patriots picking Antonio Brown up, acquiring him, um, once the Oakland Raiders had let him go. It's just like you said, don't want to spend too, too much time on A B because like I said the other day, it's a day-to-day, hourly to hourly thing with him. But um just to be quite honest, New England looked pretty fucking good without Antonio Brown. So uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if they're in a situation now. I'm like, well, hey, do we really need this cat? Because, you know, you still got the toolage of Josh uh, Josh Gordon. You still have Julian Edelman. Uh, you have Philip Dorsett that looked it um, to be pretty explosive last night, catching passes down the seam and just pretty much taking the top off uh, – Pittsburgh's defense and stuff like that. So, in a situation like, you know, yes, he went to the Patriots. Uh, that's who we're going to, you know, have to eventually cross paths with for our uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But at the same time, man, it really don't, it really don't scare me or put too much of a threat, you know, they're going to have to play first. Like you said, Cal, they're going to have to – he's going to have to get out there and play and shut up and, you know, just play ball. So, uh, we shall see. But that's my take on that. I really don't. This is what it is. And pretty much what they're trying to do is just add more fuel to the potent offense. I mean, it did look pretty potent last night. Uh, they're just trying to compete pretty much with our team for that AFC uh, – championship, which I said it does, though, through Kansas City. Uh, do you have any uh, extra take on that uh, subject with the Pats and them signing A.B. Uh, to beat? Uh, yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off of you, yeah, because uh, the Patriots, they have, the what, the easiest schedule in the league, mm-hmm. and um, the Chiefs are going to have to keep up with that if they want home field advantage this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that game in the uh, – in December is very uh, crucial. So, um, and that's all my thoughts on that. But yeah, it's pretty much the Chiefs and the uh, Patriots. That's, I mean, those are the top two, top two teams in the AFC for me. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. Okay. Well, good. Moving along to the next segment, I'd like to introduce a new segment uh, for a boneheaded move of the week so far. And I would like to give that honor to Miles Jack of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars when the Chiefs definitely went in there and definitely tamed the Jaguars. But uh, let's talk about the big temper tantrum that Miles Jack showed on the field, which was very uncharacteristic of him. But uh, like I said, those guys were definitely um, headhunting in our four-hour quarterback, which I definitely took a lot of disrespect in that. Uh, do you guys yeah. have any uh, thing to weigh in on the Miles Jack situation? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Mouse Jack in the whole <laughs> Jacksonville defense as a whole got um, our Chiefs, um, Patrick Mahomes and company, frustrated them very early. Um, it did not help that um, Chris Jones knocked Nick Foles out of the game. So, um, just speaking on him in general, Miles Jack, it's like I said, <laughs> leading up to this game, Travis Kelsey was going to have to be big in one-on-one matchups and with Miles Jack. And um, just looking at the game, just develop. Um, he was – Travis Kelsey frustrated him early, got open early for some pretty big key catches. Um, Travis Kelsey – Caught three three balls, I believe, for eighty eight yards. Um, but those were good key catches, and it frustrated Miles Jack that <laughs> this afternoon you're not on the level of Travis Kelsey. So you know uh, their defense as a whole was you know kudos to Andy Reid and you know scheming stuff up to get those get their core guys out of position to frustrate them and things like that because um it was a lot of times during that game where 
our guys won one-on-one battles. And like I said, that was going to be key. Sammy Watkins, um, he's another one. Um, He won time and time again out there, you know, with Boyer in front of him and Jalen Ramsey. So they're, they're, you know, they were, they were tempered, you know, like I said, we tempered them like that last year when we beat them here at home. And it was pretty much the beat, the beat went on yesterday with them facing, um, facing Jacksonville. It it was just one of those things. Um, I'm going to take a key play. The no look pass that Mahomes tried to do, we were up seven to nothing. And, Mahomes tried a no-look pass to hit Kelsey in the corner. That play just showed you how wide open Kelsey was. I mean, Mahomes, we love him to death, but I felt if he didn't do the no-look pass, it it was just an easy pitch and catch, 14 to nothing. But that play specifically, the reason why I dissect that specific play is that it showed you with Kelsey being so wide open like that, the schemes that we brought to the table um, yesterday afternoon just really had Jacksonville tempered and frustrated. They didn't know who was going to be where and when they were going to be there. I mean, because Kelsey was just so wide open on that play. And that was, that's a depiction of how yesterday's ball game went. Our schemage and our tutelage and the weapons that we have just kept them off balance, not only vertically, but from sideline to sideline. And, you know, <laughs> Mouse Jack, yeah, he got hot-headed and stuff like that, but it was just – he was tempered, you know, that – to them, they like, okay, we can't keep up with the Chiefs' offense defensively. So, at that point, they said, we're going to try to mob them, beat them up, and stuff like that, try to get in their heads. But as you guys very well seen, that that didn't work. Um, we just – the beat just kept going on, and we came out victorious. And just to kind of, you know, the beats that you want to – Touch bases on that on on Miles Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much that fool just threw a tension tantrum on the on the damn field. I was like, damn, is this dude like three to five years old or something? Like this dude up there swapping and shit when his coach is trying to drag him off the damn field and shit. Um, yeah. But like you said, Lee, um, they they tried to bully the Chiefs and. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and pretty much what Andy Reid schemed up, I mean, Kelsey was wide open. Sammy, Walk- Sammy Watkins had a big day. Um, Shady got off a little bit, even though he had limited touches. Um, Damian Wilson was making people miss in the open field, too. Um, um, I mean, Tyreek uh, Hill did a little bit, thing, uh, did a little bit but then, you know, um, Jalen Ramsey, when he uh, landed on him, he kind of uh, pushed him down while he was hurt a little bit, and that was before the Miles Jack thing. And so they was they was chippy, they were chippy after every, at, pretty much after every big play it seemed like, and they were just going to try to bully the Chiefs because they knew that they didn't have any answers for the uh, for the Chiefs' uh, high powered offense. But as far as Miles Jack, that was. I hope he uh, gets suspended, you know, at least a game or two and uh, get a hefty fine there, buddy. And uh, that's all I have to say on that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, that, and as for the bonehead of the week, hey, I'm not going to waste too much time on Miles Jack. I just can't believe he threw a tip of tantrum like that. But to go back on to the potent offense of the Legion of Zoom, our kid Pat Mahomes came out 25 of 33. 378 yards, three touchdowns with an 89.7 QBR rating. The boys showed out. Like I said, they were headhunting from him. He went down and it was able to come back into the game. Uh, other key players such as Sammy Watkins, he had nine receptions for 198 yards, three touchdowns. I was very surprised by the offensive uh, plays and moves that uh, Sammy Watkins was able to make. I'm happy to see that he's back at 100%. And uh, it seems like he's loving to play the game. D beats what you got to say on Sammy Watts. Oh, he's my player of the game, goddammit. Uh, what's that? Uh, nine catches, 
three TDs and 198 yards. Shit, I should have started Correct. in fantasy. He was on my damn bench. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to see him uh, finally, you know, gel with Pat and actually um, be a key c- uh, contributor to the offense. You know, he said in the post game that, uh, you know, he knows more of the offense. He's more being himself in the locker room. He's more talkative now. He seems comfortable. He seemed like he found a home. So I'm glad to see that and, you know, hear that. And uh, we're going to we're gonna need him because, you know, Tyreek Hill, I was just reading before we came on, like they're, they're going to wait a couple of days, but I don't know if they're going to place him on IR and designate him to return or not. And uh, so – we're going to need him to step up, and we're going to need some other uh, key guys and rookies to step up and uh, just keep this high-potent offense going. Yeah. Just to, uh, like you said, man, first and foremost, um, hats off, man, to SWAT, man. What a hell of a job yesterday. SWAT just, you know, I I, I seen it. Um, I knew he was going to have to be big because he was going to be matched up in a lot of one-on-one situations and um to be honest me personally i've always liked sammy watkins coming out of the university of clemson when he was drafted um really high i believe he was drafted in the top five and you know i've always liked the kid coming out of uh, clemson i've um he's always had explosiveness and everything you know just one of those things health has always found a way to jump up and bite him, you know, um, with his feet and everything, but, um, hats off to him. Like D beats was saying, man, he's, um, he's going to have to be real big in the coming weeks because, um, it's looking like, um, Tyreek will be, um, absent for the foreseeable future. Like I said, that IR desk, um, tag that they might put him on, it is going to probably be slated for a destination to return. So he's going to be big, man. Um, SWAT, um, Miko Hartman, he did not, I don't believe Miko had a catch yesterday, but just like I touched on, um, before the game, Miko Hartman is a guy, um, that just, um, has that natural swiftness in route running. He can catch um, kind of some of those things that they do with Tyreek Hill. They're going to now implement and put on Miko Hartman. So it's good to have that kind of depth with this kid, Miko Hartman, coming out of Georgia and everything. And, you know, um, it's just one of those things. I don't know if they're going to bring Brian Pringle up and uh, let Pringle come in and get some games and stuff like that because Pring- Pringle looked really good and really swift and route running as well during the preseason. But um, yesterday, man, was just a was just a good showing by Sammy Watkins, man. And he really needed that. He touch bases on on how he's changed his diet up and everything. They were talking about, they were, you know, pretty much raving about SWAT <laughs> pretty early on in um, mini camp and, you know, leading into training camp about how he, you know, how he lost tremendous amount of weight, how he looked more swifter in and out of routes and everything like that. So he's all, he's already a big guy and he's a strong guy and he can catch. So, Kudos, man, to our to to our offense, man. You know, com- really happy for Sammy Watkins to and our offense and company to show out like that yesterday. That was pretty big. And another key player uh, that I was definitely uh, paying attention to, took notice of, was Shady. He had uh, ten carries for eighty-one yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he really showed a lot of uh, explosiveness. Uh, yes, he did. A lot of agility uh, for that Chiefs offense. Um, he also outplayed uh, D. Will, which he had 13 carries and uh, 26 yards, and also he had six receiving uh, catches for 39 yards, which he did a little bit more on the receiving yards than Shady. But Shady definitely showed out more in the rushing yards, which I definitely like to see because we are kind of a uh, we need to have a we need to be able to develop a decent run. Uh, rushing offense, and I see that in uh, Shady. Uh, do you guys like to weigh in the beats on uh, 
LaShawn McCoy's uh, performance yesterday? Oh, man, you can just tell uh, he's rejuvenated being with uh, Andy Reid, and you can tell that the O-line was actually blocking for him. He seemed like he had a little pep in his step yesterday. And, on, and to only get uh, 81 uh, yards on 10 carries, yeah, I see him. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. I see him soon becoming the RB1 and then maybe using Damian Williams and to spell him out in in, in, uh, in in the passing game. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Shady. Yeah, I would agree. Like um, Dean was saying, um, he's one of those players, man. He just uh, – <laughs> he has that natural vision. Um, he still has the quickness in his feet. Um, like I said, man, I was ecstatic when, uh, you know, the news came across that we had acquired Shady. And I immediately, you know, uh, told my dad, like, man, this is a big sign. I just automatically envisioned him to, you know, do what he did yesterday. See, he's the kind of back that, you know, that will just, he's a backbreaker. And it happened yesterday when it was time to, you know, start taking some of that time off the clock and, you know, kind of patting our lead a little bit, he was able to run between the tackles with swiftness and have that explosiveness once he got to the secondary to pick up extra yards. So, once again, man, kudos to uh, Andy Reid and uh, Eric Bieniemy for uh, putting Shady in those positions to not only uh, contribute, but to, to have success at, success at doing it. So um, that's my take on that, man. Uh, Shady's going to be a big part for us. Um, he did say, he, you know, leaving Buffalo, he doesn't kind of want to be that red dot guy. So to keep his legs fresh and stuff like that, you know, I think it's going to be a very good thing with um, Damian Williams as well. Plus, it's like I said, it's the first game. So, we haven't implemented in Darwin Thompson yet. So, it's just a good thing, man. Kind of hit them guys with a one-two punch. D-Will here, Shady, Shady here. So, this kind of keeps them guys' legs fresh. But, yeah, um, bottom line, it was good to see Shady reunite with Big Red and have success and be victorious against the Jaguars yesterday. That's my take on that, fellas. And as I was saying, uh, we already knew offense was going to show out. Uh, but let's get on to the defensive side of the ball. We only had one long sack yesterday. They were playing a hobbled, uh, injury-stricken offensive line with the Jaguars. We were only able to get one sack, which I was very shocked by. You know, we signed Clark and – made all these different acquisitions throughout the season and was not able to get much push to attack their quarterback being so that we did knock Nick Foles out the game, which, you know, you don't hate to see a guy, you hate to see a guy get injured, whoever it is, but just to have that one long sack and also gave up a lot of yarders in the secondary uh, by a young rookie crew uh, quarterback by the name of Gardner Minshew that came in with 22 uh, attempts, 22 or 25, with 273 yards, two touchdowns, and one INT. So it looks like they definitely got a quarterback to plan for the future because uh, he came in against a uh, defense and was able to uh, produce the way he did. Uh, I'd like to get some of you guys' input on that Chiefs defense where they really did not look too impressive in my eye. Uh, I'd like to start that off with you, uh, Lee. What do you think about this Chiefs defense? Well, <clears throat> This is the first game. <laughs> Spags is bringing in a whole new system. You know, um, I will agree with you. Um, there is some times where, you know, I felt that the secondary, you know, should have been in a little bit better position. You know, certain passes that went to Dede Westbrook and Chris Conley. I felt like um, our guys out there on that island could have been in a little bit better position. But it comes with time. You know, it's all a time and thing. You have to realize new position coach, Sam Madison, new position coaches across the, the defensive line. Um, so it's a whole new scheme and regime at a whole. Um, 
But to be quite honest with you, uh, I see some good things from the defense. Uh, Cal, you spoke on how it was just one long sack. But to be honest with you, uh, I seen a lot of our guys up front um, on that D-line getting push and pressure. Um, yeah, uh, Nick Foles got knocked out that game, but that showed you as soon as he released that ball, Chris Jones and Frank Clark was right there in his face to put him in the ground. Um, that showed pressure. Um, um, Alex Okafor, I believe he's the one that had that long sack. Um, I seen flashes out of him. Um, Xavier Williams got some good push and things like it. Um, it really should have been, if you pay close attention to it, there was some plays where we had him for a sack and a guy, you know, a guy just didn't finish, finish by missing the sack, you know. So that kind of stuff helps the back end as well. Um, I just feel like um, with Frank Clark, um, he was one of those ones that, you know, was getting good push here. You know, we, we can't just look at Frank Clark and say, okay, what kind of pass rush he's doing? Because Frank Clark is really, really good against the run. There was some plays to where I felt our D-line as a whole just bottled up Leonard Fournette and didn't give him much space to operate, operate with. But, um, yes, as far as the secondary, like I touched bases on, I felt that they were – out of position, you know, uh, mainly Charverius Ward. Um, hopefully, you know, uh, we can hurry up and get Morris Claiborne back once he serves his suspension. Hopefully he can help, but um, I just feel like that secondary is one of those positions that we're going to have to keep a close eye on um, as the year progresses along. But the overall analysis of the defense is that we made plays when we had to. Um, if you guys remember um, the the, um, the linebacker, Wilson, number 54, um, the, the key turnover that he got to strip the strip of Leonard Fournette, that was a real big play at the time because it was still a close, relatively close game. And that strip, and I believe Brashard Breeland scooped it up. Um, that was a good play uh, from our, our linebacker. Um, so the defense did some good things. They got off the field um, early because, uh, like I said, we, we went up seven to nothing and – Defense, I felt, got off the field. That ensuing Jaguars drive was a three and out, Maybe. and we went down. Yeah, we didn't go up fourteen, but we went up ten to nothing with the field goal. So the defense showed flashes. It's the first week. It's a new scheme at hand. Um, I was overly all impressed. So DB's gone ahead and touch up on that on that KCD. Man, I agree with a lot of what you said because I kept on seeing it on social media, on the radio, at work today, everybody complaining. It's like, calm down, everybody. Calm down. This the first week of the season. These guys, uh, this was their first action together as a defense. In the preseason, they only played a handful of snaps together. And you're playing a full game. It's hot. It's, it's you know, 97 degrees down there. Um, you know, and like you were saying, as far as they were getting pressure, like there were some times if he held the ball a little bit longer, he would have gotten sacked multiple times, honestly. Um, and then, like you said, they uh, – Pretty much, I mean, they didn't like stop him, but they held him in check as far as Leonard Fournette. And like you said, uh, Damian Wilson, um, number 54, had a crucial turnover with that strip sack, and that was on a third down, I believe. And um, as far as the corner, the secondary, um, I can't really too much kind of uh, comment on that without knowing. I know they were playing a lot of zone, a lot of zone, it seemed like, but I can't really 
criticize it too much without knowing what the call was or what what kind of zone it was. It seemed like on the on the big one to uh, on Tre'Davious Ward, I forgot who he was covering, but it looked like one of the safeties, and he was expecting. Um, help over the top and it wasn't there. So he was pretty much in no man's land. At least he hustled and made the tackle. Um, and then, it, and also, if you think about it, we were up so much that if you really think about it, for most of that game, Jacksonville, that score was uh, 13. It stayed there for a while. So I think we, I think people are expecting us to be like top 10, top Five and they should really just temper expectations for this first year for them. If they can at least be top between 20 and 24, somewhere around there, just not dead last like they were last year, I think we'll be all right. I think people just need to be patient. It's only week one. If they get if they get it going towards, you know, November, December into the playoffs and get it really tightened up. I think we'll be all right. So I'm not I'm not too worried about it right now. If it, now if you know as the season goes on and it's still more of the same things or it gets worse or whatever, then I'll start to panic. But as, as of right now, I'm I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of touch bases before we send it back to Cal. Like you were saying, man, it's um the first week, <laughs> it's a whole new scheme of things. Um, I just think us as fans or certain fans, once Foles was knocked it out, kind of wanted to see more of a bully mentality. You know, uh, I don't really care about the stats that he went 20. 20, 22 or 25 or whatever, I don't care because at the end of the day, um, we did enough as a defense, as a unit to come out victorious. So um, <clears throat> we don't have a, a L on the right side of our column. They do. So um, it's, a, it's a crawl before you walk kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, spags to get everything in, in line. Um, so Brett Veach, if he has to, you know, um, they can still, you know, um, if things get too worse off, you know, as weeks, as the weeks progress on, um, they still have a possibility to get Patrick Peterson added into this secondary. So as of right now, I'm chilling on that panic button, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and swing it to, uh, to Cal. Yeah, to go back on it, yeah. Uh, the defense, like I said, they had their moments. They did get some push a little bit, but like I just was wondering, wanting to see a little bit of a little bit more aggressive in the sack column. But you guys did say, you know, they didn't really play that much in the preseason. It's week one. And uh, I do see them developing and turning into a pretty good defense uh, as the year goes on. But like I said, uh, that was a pretty good uh, fumble forced by, uh, uh, it was the uh, Fournette see, fumble. Yeah, and, Damian Wilson, yeah. And that was Fournette's first fumble in a while. Uh, so that definitely was a big power yeah. move on the behalf of the Chiefs. Uh, to move on on gears, we got a couple of games tonight for the Monday night kickoff of the 100th year of the NFL. The games that we have on tonight, uh, we got Houston at the New Orleans Saints, and we also have the Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Uh, just to give my pick for that game, I'll take uh, New Orleans over Houston. And just because this is a divisional game and within our conference, who I'll probably take the Denver Broncos over the Raiders. Uh, what are you guys' point of, uh, point of view on the game tonight? You can go, Lee. Uh, uh, okay, I'll start with the first game, um, New Orleans and Houston. Uh, I just feel like it'll it'll probably be a good game, um, but I feel like Drew Brees and and company and Michael Thomas and those guys down there in that uh, Mercedes Benz Superdome. I just think, man, it you know uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and company. I just think 
you know, uh, like I said, it may be a good game, but I'm going to go. I'm going to ride with Drew Brees and those boys at home. Um, the Raiders and the Broncos. Um, this one is a really hit. This one is a head scratcher, but uh, I'm going to go with um, Denver because it's, it's too much of a blow for the Raiders to overcome um, with the shenanigans of Antonio Brown and everything. You got to realize those guys um, as a team, as a coaching staff, had a, had a lot of scripted up plays for Antonio Brown. I just think it's uh, too much to overcome for the Raiders. Uh, Denver still has a very good defense, new defensive coordinator this year, uh, Nick Fangio from the uh, Chicago Bears that they now have as their D.C. Um, Joe Flacco as their quarterback. That's what they felt like, you know, kind of – Kind of like how Jacksonville felt. We have a good defense. Let's get a sturdy quarterback in here that can play some quarterback ball, and we should be all right. So I think that's the kind of – I think Joe Flacco um, in Denver with their good defense and everything. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take uh, the Saints and the Broncos in those games tonight. Go ahead, D. All right. Um I'm going to take the Saints. I do think that Houston will uh, make a game of it. I don't know how close it would be down there in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Dome. Um, But um, as far as the Saints go, I'm just interested in seeing how they bounce back from last year's playoff loss with that no call. And then the year before that, the Minnesota. Miracle play. Yeah, you have a couple, maybe one or two years left for Drew Brees. So if they're going to do something, they got to do it this year. And then switching over to the uh, Denver and uh, Oakland game, I only got two names for you. Um, Von Miller and uh, Bradley Chubb are going to hunt Derek Carr. And uh, he has nobody to throw to now, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to run the ball, and uh, I'm taking Denver, man. So, that's – So, we got the uh, New Orleans Saints, Mardi Gras, all over the uh, Houston Texans. I'm sorry, all over uh, the uh, Houston Texans. I'm sorry. I'm still tripping off what you said. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) we got – uh, the Denver Broncos taking over the uh, Oakland Raiders. They will be trampled by the Broncos. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I say the same thing about Oakland, man. They're just – A.B. really totally uh, fucked them. Like I said, uh, I mean, it's uh, – it's, it's, I can't even name too many other Rob receivers. I did watch the Hard Knock special. But they did have that young receiver that they were pretty high on. But, you know, he would probably be a main target. Man. By the D. It's just really hard to say with Oakland now, man. You know, AB was supposed to be a big part of that offense, yeah. and he totally uh, screwed them over. Yeah. So, uh, their whole, you know, Cal, who's to say about the Oakland? Receiver you know? were talking about, they actually cut him. He got picked up by Jack. Whoa. Wow. See? See? Yeah, See, that's just, just shows how far yeah. it goes. It's, you just, know? A, it's just one big ass dumpster fire with the silver and black and quite honestly uh, I think it's very fucking funny yeah not like to you know I mean uh, we can talk about these we can talk about the Raiders and the Broncos all day long man yeah look man it's the Chargers barely beat <laughs> barely beat the Colts yesterday. I mean, if Adam Vinatieri doesn't miss doesn't miss two field goals, you're talking about all three teams other than the Kansas City Chiefs in this division with a Week One L. So, and, and like I said, at this point, the the AFC West is owned by Kansas City. So I re- it really ain't too much you can say about these other teams. You know, like. You can't never shoot down Phillip Rivers. You got to respect the good, solid vet that he's been for all these years. 
So I could never discredit or take anything away from Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. But these other guys, these Broncos and these Raiders, I don't expect to see shit from Flacco. I don't really <laughs> expect I his name. I said Flacco because, to be honest with you, if we're talking about someone, a quarterback between him and Derek Carr, he the reason why I say Flacco is because he has a little bit more to work with. I mean, we can't even name a receiver for the Raiders. I mean, at least he has Emmanuel Sanders uh, to throw the ball to. I mean, and he has a way better defense that can get him the ball back to have more opportunities than Derek Carr. So I don't think, I don't think Flacco, yeah, Flacco is in shit as well. I agree, but in this specific game, Flacco's going to have more opportunities due to his better defense. And uh, to speak on Flacco, going back to his old team, the Baltimore Ravens, that kid yesterday showed out uh, tearing a hole in fucking Miami. I know it's the Dolphins. But uh, uh, Jackson uh, had a pretty damn good game against Miami Dolphins yesterday. It was a lot of uh, gunslinging that I noticed. A lot of people are trying to pick up on the, the potent office uh, of the Legion of Zoom out of Kansas City, trying to throw it all over the field. I know there's a lot of that going on. And, uh, and to go back to the no-look pass of Patrick Mahomes, the defensive linemen and, and linebackers and secondary are designed to pay attention to QB's eyes. You know, so if you got a quarterback that shows everything through his eyes, then he's not going to be a pretty good NFL quarterback. I noticed a lot of quarterbacks leading towards the other side of the field with their eyes and throwing it back to the opposite side of the field, which is a good a good sign of a quarterback that has vision. And like I said, Pat did miss that, uh, that throw a little bit to uh, Travis Kelsey, not actually putting his whole vision onto him, but he was in his eyesight. But I did notice a lot of that uh, yesterday with Sunday games, you know, paying attention to QB's eyes and mm-hmm. all the, all the throws down the field uh, um, with uh, also with uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Jackson and um, their QB definitely hooked up oh, quite yeah, a bit man. with Pete Pat. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson uh, was. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson definitely has a pep in his step again, playing with his former oh, yeah. team. So it was a lot of stuff going on yesterday. Uh, is there any other games that may have stood out to you guys yesterday? Or what you think about that? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say this as soon as I seen, which I already knew what the next game was gonna be. You want to know what I did? I turned that shit off and went and watched something else. <laughs> I don't give a damn about the Cowboys. You know I had to put that in there. You know I had to. Yeah. I, 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 quickly, I quickly made an exit to the PS4, buddy. Yeah, I really didn't. Uh, yeah, Dak and, you know, that's to be expected, man. Uh the Giants, you know, really don't have a defense or nothing like that. So, uh, you know, let alone historically, offense. Historically, I know Dallas has always played somewhat good at home. So, the covers will be pulled off of them, you know, in due time. So, I, ain't, <laughs> I ain't even going to get into that. But um, a game that – um, to talk about, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, let me see here. Oh, the game that was kind of in- interesting uh, was uh, it-, it-, it tripped me out, man. It was it actually ended up ending in a tie. Uh, yeah, I knew it was the Cardinals yeah. and the uh, Detroit Lions. Now, man, yeah, if you pay attention to that game, man. Oh, my God. I know we got Miles Jack for the bonehead, but the bonehead, man, in that game, man, the cornerback could have ended it with a walk-in touchdown with, like, a second or two left to go in overtime, and he – I don't know how to do – man, me – I could have got out there and took that motherfucker to the house, and I don't see how that cornerback – dropped that ball, man, but that was an interesting game. Uh, You know, uh, besides that, uh, not nothing really much stood out. It was a close game with, I was surprised to see um, 
to see the uh, Indianapolis Colts play the San Diego Chargers so closely, um, considering everything with Andrew Luck and everything. Because, like I said, man, you're looking at an upset <laughs> if Adam Vinatieri don't miss two field goals in that game. So, uh, but uh, pretty much that was pretty much it on my. You got anything to reiterate on that, DB? Uh, I was just surprised. I mean, I didn't actually see the game, but I kept seeing highlights of that Cardinals and uh, Lions game. And uh, I guess uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, you know, called a bad game plan. And then, you know, Kyler Murray took over in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Detroit found a way to lose another fucking game. So that's nothing new for them. So, I mean, I'm just interested to see how um, – how that works out for uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury this year and see because they're going to be the shit show as uh, as, Miami, as the Miami Dolphins for their number one pick. That's what that's what I'm. That's what I'm so you think? So you saying you think Arizona will have another number one pick? Yeah, they'll be number two or three. Right, man. Well, I mean, dude, Kyler Murray. You know, that's another thing. He looked pretty good, man. Do count. No, that's another thing. That dude is short as fuck, man. He's really, he ain't no fucking quarterback. He's a fucking major league pitcher. Pitcher. Fucking short dude. Like, man, man dude, no. That's why, I, that's why I said, you know, uh, motherfucking, you know, only thing I want to be talking about the goddamn Cardinals because they ain't shit is us acquiring Patrick Peterson from that fucking. Fucking shithole that he stuck in down there. Well, you know what they doing to Patrick Peterson? They holding him with a fucking at gunpoint, not letting him out of Arizona. So he ain't going nowhere to his contract expires, and that's and that's sad for such a talent to have to be uh, stuck on a shit show that is definitely the uh, Arizona Cardinals. But uh, you know, just make sure that the fucking trigger don't go off in his fucking face while he's down there. But uh, that kind of concludes it for another week of Sports Talk KC. I'm one of your hosts, Cal Boy. Uh, like I said, you can also find me on my social media uh, streaming uh, as an in, uh, Instagram, Calvialcalyah, all one word, and also on Facebook. How can they find you, uh, D Beats, if you're looking? Oh, they can uh, find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, D Beats 1492, D E. B E A T S one four nine two. Holla at you, boy. Yeah, man. And we got our boy. <laughs> we got our we got our boy Lee eighty six. He hides in the shadows, man. Look at uh Radham Jones. You know, uh, like I said.